If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. The weather is turning. It's playoff time in Division II college football. Western Colorado is hosting a playoff game, and we're here with the far end of the bench. We are going to um, full episode this week. We got all the kinks worked out. Appreciate everybody who tuned in to last week's episode. I heard a lot of good stuff about our pick segment, and then um, everybody did enjoy it. I mean, it's funny to go back and listen to some of those takes. I was texting you some of them, and though he won this weekend, the, the greatest line that I got from the podcast uh, that we re-released. So last week, if you listen on audio platforms, you'll be able to hear our live. It's not live reaction, but our episode that we released right after the Avs won their last Stanley Cup. And it was also around the time Russell Wilson got signed to the Broncos. And I was saying, you know, we have Nikola Jokic. We have Nathan McKinnon. Russell Wilson's here. Great athletes just play in Denver. So I... Uh, I realized I had an egg on my face and I re-released that to the rest of the world. So people might've forgot about it because that was over two years ago, but here we are now. And, and that's got brought back up in my face. Welcome in everybody. Episode 160 of the far end of the bench podcast, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. What's up, Nick? Uh, I figured out all the technical issues. I'm wearing a Broncos hat. Yeah. Uh, am I back? Um, uh, I want to let you let the people know out there, uh, get the word out, Jimmy, that we back up. Um, th- things are, things are, uh, looking, uh, pretty, pretty nice here in the mile high city is all I'm going to say. Are you willing um, to put your eyebrows on it? No, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not that stupid. Unlike your Western State uh, friend over there, I'm, I'm, I, that's not going to happen. But uh, the boys are back in basketball. Look, we have the best team in basketball still. So uh, things are things are very very fun. And I have a home. I have a home. So so we'll we'll, we'll touch on that here shortly. But uh, my my uh, PLL team has a home, so I could not be more excited. So but we'll get to that here in a little bit. We do have a lot to talk about, and we're starting off with the sport that we kind of neglected because other things were happening right around the same time that the season starts. And and the really, this is the spring sport that just gets started in the middle of winter for some nobody knows what reason. It's for people like Nico who want to gamble and watch something every night. Except now they also have college football on every day of the week too, so it's a little bit redundant. There's college athletics out the wazoo. Uh, we're going to start with college basketball. Before we do, be sure to follow at FEOTB pod, um, all social medias, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check out the variety sports network, and uh, be sure to leave a like a comment, leave a rating and a review. All that stuff does help us out in uh, getting the word out, getting more people involved and interested in the show. What are we? So remind me Nico, because I did fill out a bracket, but I've totally forgotten. Who won the national championship last year? UConn won the national championship. And oh, that's fun, right. Fun, yeah. fun fact for those out there that love weird statistics, uh, University of Connecticut is the only men's uh, program to have won a national championship every um, what's the uh, every 10 years since the 1960s. That is a wild stat, but the 2010s, they won. 2000s, they won. 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. Obviously, last year, they won. The only men's D1 program that has been able to do that. I'm not sure about women's, if that's um, that's statistics true there, but it is the only uh, men's program that's been able to do that, which is pretty remarkable. So um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long step away, I'll tell you that, because they've lost a lot of players. Jordan Hawkins um, with New Orleans now. Um, the the, the uh, uh, Not Shibley, I forgot the – 
Like uh, Adama and the, the big man in the middle is gone. We lost a lot of bodies, but um, college basketball has been very, very entertaining to start. Um, first week has been very, very good. You see the likes of Kansas and, and Kentucky going at each other on Monday or on Tuesday night, uh, which is a very, very exciting game. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, a guy from Michigan, transferring, obviously one of the big, big transfers um, in college basketball, going to Kansas. Um, Kansas hopefully trying to get back to where they were two years ago with Christian mm-hmm. Brown, with a, a, a Chaya Baji and company. Um, and then you have the likes of Duke, Arizona and company that are, are still trying to fight over um, who, who's the man, who's the man um, in their conferences, the ACC and the, and, and the Pac-12, which will be disbanded obviously very, very shortly. College basketball will be affected by that too. But, yeah, it's it's been a very, very good start. A lot of uh, not, not really major upsets. Michigan State lost uh, first night of the year. Pretty bad one. I forgot who it was against. James um, Madison, wasn't it? James Madison, yeah, sounds about right. Shout um, out James Madison. They're undefeated in football and basketball right now. Not eligible not, for the postseason in either sport, but they are undefeated <laughs> currently. Football team has it. I think they lost one game that. in two years. Yeah, not many teams can say that, or not not many schools can say that right now. So good for, good for them. But, yeah, college basketball is just – is, is feeding my degenerate side is all I'm going to say. Yeah, that, that's that's the nice part is because for whatever reason, college basketball, when I bet on college basketball, that's where my highest percentage is. I'm not, not NBA, not hockey, sure as hell, not fucking football. Um, it's it's college basketball, and I somehow hit um, like no other when it comes to those. And I hit those fucking Drexels, the George Mason's games, Tuesday night, Wednesday night games with minus two and a half. I'm like, oh, they'll win at home, minus two and a half. And I win those for whatever reason. So, yeah, uh, college basketball fully back and very, very nice to see the uh, um, the college ranks back in full swing. We'll talk about the rankings. I also want to talk about this, too, a couple points. We've talked about how the NIL money and the fact that kids are staying longer has helped out college uh, football. Are we seeing – is it the same? Because it's already different with college basketball and the NBA having the ability to be one and done. That was kind of the the saying, like, it's okay, it's good for a season, but then nobody sticks around, so it's hard to build a program – are you seeing? I mean, I don't have. Have there been people noticing that basketball players are staying too, and and the product happens to be getting more competitive? The biggest effect uh, to what you're saying in terms of that that type of rule with college basketball is that these national player of the years. So you look at the last couple of national player of the years: Luca Garza, Oscar Shibway, um, I, I forgot who, who. I think it was Aldama last year for UConn. None of these guys are playing in the NBA, right? I just yeah. named three Naismith Player of the Years last couple of years of not getting real run in the NBA. That's that is that is look. The best player in college basketball football is a top five pick every single year, right? If you win the Heisman, you're coming out of the draft. You're more likely going to sneak your way into the top five pick, at least minimum top ten. The best players in college basketball right now are guys who are sticking around longer because they, because now they have the the ability to stay longer and make more money, which is massive. A guy like Hunter Dickinson, who I just talked about, leaving Michigan and going to Kansas, his nil money nil money is jacking up because of because of his ability. He's probably not going to do much to the next level. He he's going to be a guy that's not going to get much run in the NBA. It's because of the size difference, because of the athletic ability, and what the NBA has become, and what the your Frankly, what Europe has done to the league, right? Europe yeah. has bigger bodies, stronger players are more ready to play in the NBA right Adults now than these college kids. Instead of 18-year-old college kids, yeah. Exactly. So that's where the massive changes compared to college basketball is like, yeah, the best players in college basketball 
they're probably not gonna do much in the league. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. There's 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 the Zions, there's the John Morants, but they're not winning national championships. Those those players, they're good players that are on are on mediocre. They teams. haven't gotten past the elite eight of the tournament. Uh, in reality, now that I'm thinking about it, those that Duke team Zion was obviously hurt going into the tournament, but they didn't make it out of the elite eight. I don't I don't remember hearing about them in the final four. And same thing for Jaw. I mean, Jaw was a Cinderella team at the beginning with Marquette. Mm-hmm. It's it's different. That's you're correct. It's different. And it's also different because there's more roster spots available in football. So you you could be pretty, if you're decent enough on your team, you're going to get a look at somebody at somewhere. They'll put you somewhere in basketball. There's just not that many spots. And and, and I will, I will give a shout out because see you, we've talked about Dion this Dion that see you men's women's basketball teams are two top 10 teams in the country. Currently the women, just not the top 25, the women, the, the CU women's team knocked off the number one reigning defending champs, LSU women in their first game of the season. And they're top five ranked currently. I think the CU is top 25 still, but I know CU the women is are 25th. Yeah. I know the men, are, I know the men are 25th. And I know the women are top five for, and they're ahead of LSU. We just brought in Haley Van Litt from Louisville who's an absolute stud and ahead of 15 spots. UConn. Yeah. Up 15, 15. spots. It is crazy. So, so shout out to the CU women's and men's basketball teams getting um, their, their season started the right way. Uh, after look, Dion brought a lot of hype to the university of Colorado um, and the women's and men's team, the men's team has a top five recruit in the country that, that is on their team right now. Let's not forget they, they I think it was either in last year's class, the year before that he's been balling so far i think it's something johnson i forgot excuse my uh, um unfamiliarity but they have a very very good team and they're they're putting um cu definitely on the map in terms of basketball wise too well i think that's a, a little bit of the residual dion effect too because when you get more people willing to go and be a part of that brand and what they're doing i mean they're i, I would have to imagine that the athletic department at cu right now is not like oh my god this is better. This cash cow that we brought in is better than we thought it was going to be. We're going to have more money than we know what to do with for all of our sports. This is going to raise the competitive level in, in everything that they've done. And so far it's, it's worked out. One thing that I want you to explain it because you'll have a better idea of what to look for. I obviously no experience playing basketball and the basketball that I got to broadcast was division two and we weren't close to the playoffs, but for a college season, how how do you know that a team is ready? Like, can you tell this early on in the season, or do you have to get to that January, February, almost conference tournament time where you truly have an idea? There's always the Cinderella stories, but th- let's throw out the outliers. How do you know that a team is going to be good all season and, and they're going to be able to use that as momentum to go into the tournament? I think the biggest factor of, of seeing a team that, that can make that next step to winning March Madness and ho- ho- hoisting the NCAA basketball championship is after the first round of um, of uh, uh, in-conference games. I think these first these first games right now are all mostly, mostly not all of them, but mostly are out-of-conference games. They got teams that know to play each other. You play showcases. Um, the Hawaii Invitational, the, the Maui Invitational will be going next week. Um, one of my favorite tournaments to watch every single year. You have the championship champions, champions tournament, whatever the fuck they called it. I have no idea. Where you saw Kentucky play Kansas, you saw um, 
I think it was Villanova and somebody else. But the, they, the, you see a lot of, of programs just trying to see who they are at the beginning of the year. Once you get through this first round of of in conference games where you where you face your 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 rivals first time at home, first time away, then you really see who who's going to want out who, and that's come early January, late January, where you're like, you know what, let's see what these guys, these teams are really made of. Um, I think end of middle of December, end of December is when we start seeing more in conference games and where teams will stand up against against teams that will see them and can really game plan um very, like, like i said it's very very hard um to game plan against these good talented teams right now obviously it's very uh, that really shows the who who's the good coaches and who's not the good coaches but when you go through the first round of uh, in conference games that where you, that's where you really see where the good teams stack up and where the cinderella teams may end up coming from what conference are you expecting the most out of this year? Is it the Big 12, who's kind of been pretty dominant throughout? Is is the Pac-12 going to do what they're doing in football and make it everybody really sad that they're no longer going to be there? Are they going to give us one more conference of champions run is, is the real question that I'm asking. Uh, what conference uh, are you most faithful uh, in? I don't know about that. I'll, I'll still ride with the Big 12 because I think the Big 12 is easily the best basketball conference. I think Big 10 may be second um, behind them. Uh, but the, the Big 12 is, like I said, Kansas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma looks good. TCU is a very, very good team last year. Texas obviously has a couple very, very good high recruits. Um, a lot of teams are, will be leaving, really enough, <laughs> um, that, that, leaving here shortly. But the Pac-12, man, I, I don't know. I, I – it's going to be very, very tough. Arizona is going to have to lead the way in that charge, and that's the team that's lead, that's that's the lower level leading the run. Uh, but the, Arizona is going to have to take charge with Caleb Love, um, guy North Carolina transfer for them. Uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to take a big role for them going forward to maybe be that Pac-12 team. A conference that I love, um, the conference that I just. Anytime, anytime this conference game is on TV, I got thrown on. And that's the Big East. The Big East is expecting big things out of some teams. Uh, Ed Cooley, a guy who coached Providence for ten plus years, leaves in conference and goes to Georgetown. Georgetown, a once great program, um, is 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 trying to get back on track. So we'll see what they look like under Ed Cooley's first year. You have Rick Pitino returning back to the Big East with uh, St. John's. St. John's is a good mm-hmm. program, but they back in the day as well. But obviously, you have the reigning champs, UConn. Um, Villanova, who's a couple years removed from Jay Wright leaving, obviously, but winning a national championship as well. Big East is is, is popcorn basketball. You got to throw on every single week. Is that Marquette too? Is Marquette Marquette's, Big East too? Marquette Marquette's a very very. I have good to throw them team. out there because of my my girlfriend's family. You, Marquette, you saw Mar- the Dwayne Wade jersey. I know, I know. Marquette's a Big East uh, Big East school. They're a big time school. I think they're going to be very very good this year. We'll see if they're. Um, they're, they're a team that's a very, very good team in terms of playing the Big East and, and fighting their opponents good. But when it comes to playing opponents outside the Big East, they're not very good. And that's where they've fallen years, uh, years recently. So we'll see. But the Big East, like I said, the Big East is a – I'm expecting another you know, like big big year um, from, from those uh, Northeast – from those Northeast schools. Tim, Joel, I hope you – I hope that was fair enough for you. But let's talk about the, the top 25 rankings so far that we have in the second week of the season, top 10 – Look as such, we'll start with number 10, FAU, who made a, a really good run through the tournament last year. The AAC is a wow, conference that doesn't get talked about in football or basketball, but it's been fairly competitive the last few years. Uh, we're going to talk about another team out of that conference coming up in a, in a couple of spots. Duke at number nine, Creighton at number eight, Tennessee at seven, Houston, the other AAC team coming in at number six to start the year off. Duke, obviously, they fell seven spots from uh, these, the – 
that would be the two down to the nine after losing uh, their one and one on the season. It's, it's really early. And the fact that this basketball season is going to go from November all the way through to basically the first week of April, it's similar to what we talk about with football. Like don't peak too early. You don't necessarily want to come out of the gates and start off 13 and no, because you only have it. You only have downhill to go get your tests out of the way. Um, that seems to be what those teams are doing, but there's a couple surprises. I mean, Gonzaga not being in the top 10 after the last few years, they're obviously like people are down on lost a lot of guys too. Yeah, they don't have the leadership. What are, what's the biggest thing that you see about that bottom half of the top 10? Well, I think Duke losing at home is it was was a massive massive thing. It was their first home game of the season, and they lose to Arizona. It's it's weirdly enough. So, Caleb Love, who obviously I spoke about earlier, was a North Carolina transfer. He not only gave Coach K his last ever loss, um, last ever game at, at at Cameron Indoor Stadium, a loss to him. But John John Shire, who was the new head coach at Duke, obviously a guy who played for Dukes in the two, that late two thousands, early twenty tens, um, he gave uh, he gave John Shire his first ever loss at, at Cameron Indoor Stadium as well. So good for Caleb Love, a guy that North Carolina born and bred. So uh, I know he's at Arizona now, but I'm sure he's very very happy. But Duke's a team that uh, has a lot of good talents. They they did get a big time recruit. Cooper Flag um, looks like he's going to be a Duke, Duke Blue Devil um, in the future, so he uh, he's going to be a big guy coming in for them next year. But they're they're not a team that's built for the postseason, in my opinion. Um, in, terms, in terms of Houston and and uh, FAU, FAU had a Cinderella run last year. Houston's a team that has been a number one seed the last couple of years, so they but they've lost a lot of pieces. Quentin Grimes, to name uh, name one specifically, Omar Sassi, um, who's a, who's a big time guard right now. I think for to the Boston or it's it's some East school. I think it might be the Bulls. Either way, they, they have a lot they have a lot of good talent in that that back half of the top ten, but Duke is the team that um people are gonna have high hopes because it's Duke, but I just don't have any 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 belief in them this year. We'll see how that plays out towards the end of the year. Obviously they're gonna be trying to do something. Coach K made insert himself back. He said he wasn't going to be going to the games and he showed up at the first one that Shire had at, at Cameron Indoor. The guy's an egomaniac. I I know that he's got the legacy and all that. He's he's lived long enough to see himself become a villain, unfortunately. Uh, top five, UConn, reigning defending champions. At number five, Marquette, number four, Arizona, three, Purdue, number two. Obviously, Purdue had that insane collapse in the first round of the playoffs last year or of the tournament. And then, obviously, Kansas right now sitting at number one uh, champions two seasons ago with the, the guys that you mentioned, Christian Brown, that team um, kind of solidified, maintained their status as a blue blood because they had fallen off and, and hadn't won anything and then obviously got that championship a few years ago. Is that top five going to be teams that we're seeing in the top five come March? I I would say Kansas will definitely be one of them. I'll put UConn in that conversation as well. I don't I, – I, I worry about the long-term effects for Arizona and see what, I want to see what they look like when they get to the Pac-12 and how they play in conference. Marquette, I don't – they play in a tough conference too. I don't believe in them. They'll I don't think they'll be a, a uh, team that we'll be talking about late, late March. I think it's a team that will be surprising to people in early March, but not late March. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say UConn and Kansas probably the top two. Uh, Purdue, Zach Eady, I – 
they still have the seven foot fucking monster that is Zach Eady, but I, I just don't, I just don't trust him. I just don't trust him at all. And I, and Purdue showed it last year that, that they are not built for big time moments. And that, that you go back to even their games against Indiana last year, big time rivalry games that they were losing. And they get a number one seed and, and is the second team in history to lose, <laughs> lose to a 16 seed, weirdly enough. So I, I don't trust them long term. They are a team that, I don't care what you do right now. It's about what you do in March and what you do in, a, in late April. So I don't believe in them right now, and, and they'll have to prove me otherwise um, for me to get back on the Purdue hype train. We're going to keep watching college basketball. We're obviously going to talk about it. It'll be similar to the NBA and NHL since we do have a long time. Um, but that was good to get a, a nice little chat about it. Um, it is early on in the season, so we'll see how things continue to progress. Let's move over to the professional side of the hardwood. We finally have 10 games that we can look at now. That's basically what we talk about with the NBA and NHL. You look at it in 10-game stretches. What is your win-loss in the last 10 that you have? Um, so we're starting to see certain teams take form. We're starting to see certain teams kind of show that maybe we were a little bit too invested in them early on in the season. And uh, the in-season tournament, I thought it was going to be like a mid-season tournament. I didn't realize it was the first month that we were going to get started and it's every tuesday and friday but it wasn't last tuesday because it was election day and don't worry you'll be able to tell that it's an in-season game in tournament game because of the the new court we're going to change the court that's how we're going to do it do that as it's the nba is is living up to their reputation as like that train wreck that you just can't look away from i you're a fan of the league you love the the drama it's too much for me like I would rather worry about the the product instead of worrying about how I'm going to package and sell this portion of the product that I have. I will say, like, like, look, we can we can we can say bad things about the court. We can say bad things about about the, like who the fuck cares. Um, in reality, these games matter. Like, let's not forget these games matter because you're facing opponents that are more likely in your conference that that will mean something going towards the playoffs. Obviously, the championship and semifinal games don't count toward the record um, for the for the end season tournament, but these games matter. So, so you have like, like I said, court bad court, not end season tournament or not. You want to get wins, um, and it's important to rack up good wins at the beginning of the year so you don't set yourself back. But to your to pose your point there, um, this end season tournament has has given some fireworks, Jimmy. I don't know if you've seen Draymond play Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Andy Davis shove uh, Desmond Bain to the ground. People are getting very, very testy for over, for over these early season games. They are very testy. And, and look, I think Adam Silver loves this part of it. Because like I said, what have we said for many years, Jimmy? No one fucking watches basketball until Christmas. Because football's dying and, 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 and who the fuck cares? I'm seeing fucking Draymond put Gobert in a headlock, Anthony Edwards talk shit all over the timeline, all over ESPN, because right now the NFL is putting out some shitty, very, very shitty primetime football games outside of Monday Night Football, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. There's been some very, very bad primetime football games. Obviously, Thursday night will be better, and, and Sunday nights will be better. The next two upcoming games will be better. They've been very, very bad. And TNT right now, you and, and ESPN are loving the fucking content and loving the brutality of this tournament. And that's exactly what Adam Silver wanted. Do I think this tournament matters? No, I don't give a fuck if we win. I could care less. 
it's Nuggets just a are undefeated, by the way. In the exactly, which we are undefeated. We we fucking beat the Clippers, who we can talk about here in a minute. Well, I don't give a fuck about and beat the Mavericks, who who the Mavericks are a very very good team. But like I said, we I I I see that these guys care a little bit because like her or not, it's five it's a five hundred thousand dollar check, Jimmy, to make the semifinals. It's an extra extra signing bonus to win it all. Like 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 these guys like to spend their money and 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 look, you want to win every season. You don't go out there to lose. Plan simple and when you when these games count towards your record a and b count towards you know getting an extra paycheck they mean a little something yeah it's gimmicky yeah it's bad but the point of original thing is is made to throw a whole throwing a whole other wrench into this thing because to win your to win your to win your bracket like you have to have a better record and you have to have point differential meaning if you win on a game winning three you only have three point differential you beat a team by fucking 20 Boy, that helps you out big time. We're seeing close games. We're seeing this, that, and the other thing with these in-season tournament games. And, yeah, it's gimmicky. Yeah, it's whatever. But I can't sit here and lie to you that it has not brought a little bit of more entertainment value to these early season games because it has. It's probably just because I don't get the NBA in general and I'm not somebody that sits there and, and bases my week around watching the game. So I'm probably not the market that they're trying to hit. You're definitely more of the demographic. It's just it's it was weird to me. I've heard enough basketball people, like guys that I know that like to watch a lot of the games. They even have, have talked about it being a little bit dumb and and why are we doing this? Let's let's it focus on uh, let's, instead of I don't even know what to try honestly because I didn't think that this was coming down down the pike until they announced it. I I did not realize that this was in their in their plan. I think this is a great opportunity to to put eyes on the on the game earlier on in the year I, I, that that's that's the whole point of this let's not forget no like you said absolutely could give less than two fucks about who the fuck wins the nba cup every single year they could care less and i think the league could care less but you're bringing entertainment value and and eyes to the game that's the most important thing is like well during during the fall during the winter when football is still on and you have baseball ending you have hockey on it's important to try to get eyes of the sport during a time that you there's your least viewership throughout the year right like it is that's the most important thing right now and they're obviously 100 percent doing that so mm-hmm. and look the courts are hideous. They're hideous. They're absolutely hideous. That, isn't that going to stick? No, it's not because it's so bad. But I, I cannot sit here and say that this has not been a success so far because you're bringing entertainment to the game in October, November. And that's that's the whole point of this. So so is it dumb? Absolutely, it's, it's dumb. But it's bringing entertainment value, and that's the most important thing to Adam Silver right now. Let's look over at the the in season standings. We may talk about the where the tournament lies, but we'll probably I kind of want to would rather talk about that when they get to the actual bracket play. But where the standings are currently, after about everybody's played at least ten games, some teams have more. In the East, Philly, Boston are both tied. They have uh, eight and two records. Indiana, Miami, Atlanta, Milwaukee would be your teams in the playoffs currently, and then your play in matchup: uh, Brooklyn, Orlando, and then Toronto and New York right now cleveland one game behind uh new york at, and toronto at four and six but uh the east right now it's pretty much what we expected at the top what are you seeing in milwaukee why are they seeming to struggle a little bit more i thought the the dame move was going to be the missing link and and now they were going to be able to go back to where they were three years ago 
Dame is Dame and Giannis just can't stay on the floor together. Like whether it be Giannis taking nights off for injury, Dame doing the same thing, or Giannis getting ejected. Like, like it just seems like in ten games that they've played three or four games together. Like, like they they're still trying to get continuity together. Boston obviously definitely has that still. Um, getting throwing in uh, uh, Drew Holiday with Tatum and Brown and Porzingis adding to that too. They're getting like like I said, that's a team that was already built. When you add a piece like Damian Lillard, you're adding a whole new part to your team. A whole new part. Like that, it, it, things change massively, defensively, offensively. When you add a person like him, you add a person like Porzingis, add a person like Holiday, that things don't change. They just add to what you've already built. So mm-hmm. they're trying to find their identity and see where they're at going forward. Um, I, look, I, I think they'll figure it out. I have zero doubt about that. But uh, it, it, it's it's been a rocky start for them. It, it absolutely has. Do you trust Cleveland or New York to be in the play-in tournament at the end of the season? God, I do not trust New York at all. Randall is just hideous. Randall takes nights off. I like Jalen Brunson's game. But the Knicks, if they ever want to be contenders in this Eastern Conference, they're going to have to add another piece because these guys are not going to win them anything. Uh, Cleveland, I think, has very, very, very good talent. I, I am, I'm, a, I'm a guy that's very, very high on Cleveland, and I probably should shut my mouth at some point because it's come back to bite me in the ass last year. But I, I'm very high on Mitchell. I'm very high on Jared Allen. I'm very high on Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. And I think that's one of the best young cores we have in the league, and they just haven't figured out how to put it together. So I think that they'll figure it out eventually and get to the point where they can be very, very good again. But we'll have to see. Who's the worst team in the Eastern Conference? Oh, it's the Wizards. The Wizards are got to be the worst basketball team in the last 15 years, Jimmy. I don't know. I don't know if you've come across Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma highlights on your TikTok page, but these two guys have have have. They won their championships. How the mighty have fallen. They've won their championships, and they said, ah, you know what? It's our team now. Let's do whatever the fuck we want and just fucking play street ball, and that's exactly what those two are doing in fucking Washington. That is, that, that, they're not even the worst team in the East. They're the worst team in basketball. I, like, I, I, like, the Washington Wizards are, are, are playing. You, take, you see who they're playing against, and you take the spread every night of the damn week is all I'm going to say. I don't care if it's a – if it's the fucking um, Orlando Magic versus the versus the Wizards, you take the Magic spread. Pacers, obviously, also very very good team so far this year. Very very fun team. Halliburton's been very well playing very playing very very well, and Brucey e. B over there has been playing lights out defensively for them. So they're a very very up and coming team. But do not watch Washington basketball under no circumstances. If you think you're going to entertain yourself on, like, you know what the Wizards playing? No, nope, don't want a movie. Go find something else to do because this is not worth it. All right, let's uh, let's move over to the Western Conference, and we're talking about the reigning, defending Lakers' daddy, world champion Denver Nuggets, sitting at the we, top we, of we the Western be, Conference. We, we might be able even to change that, Jimmy. It's not just the Lakers' daddy; it's the LA daddies, because the Clippers we've beat them seven times in a row, uh, 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 and we are nine and one since the little Paul Millsap incident in a bubble. Where, where he came at them, and, and, and we, we've only lost one time. We have Paul George hitting the side of the rim, doing uh, wedgies in the basketball. Um, yeah, the Nuggets own Los Angeles, whatever. Fucking insert name here. It's funny. Area, it's funny. Yeah, Los Angeles in general. LA, yeah. Nikola Jokic, it's like if there were horses, I would like maybe – Maybe I would like to. There are horse stables. Eric Johnson has a horse stable in 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 LA and we're in San Diego area. So so possibility is all I'm gonna say. Possibility. Uh, what are we seeing? Well, we have the Nuggets sitting at at number one. Minnesota right now two. Minnesota's Dallas good. three. 
Yeah, no, I, I, we've talked about, well, Minnesota the last few years has been, are they going to get it together? And they had that wild try of Carl Anthony Towns and, and Gobert together. It just didn't work. Um, we'll, we'll out. see how that, yeah, <laughs> they, they seem to be, well, unless you're playing Draymond Green, he's going to take you down with, for two with an illegal headlock. But uh, Houston, number four, OKC, five, Sacramento is number six. And then in the play-in spots, Los Angeles, the Lakers, at seven, Golden State at eight, New Orleans at nine, and then Phoenix is sitting there at ten. I know that we talked about Phoenix before the season. You said they gave you a little bit of worry. Why are they struggling right now? Why are we only seeing them as the last team in the tournament? Because the point? Big Three hasn't played one single game yet. Just take a look, Jimmy. We're recording this on Wednesday night, and this is their first game. We've played a month and a half of the season, or a month of the season, I mean, a month of the season, and they're finally playing together. Like, like this is this is what like. I, I went on my, my shield and said that they won't play more than 40 games this year. That may be too high because I think they don't think they'll play fucking 20 games together this year. So first game, all three are playing. I don't know what the score is of their game tonight, but they haven't played together. They have no continuity. And, and look, when you, when all three of those guys aren't playing to get playing, a team is not very good. Okay. Nurkic as a fucking number three or number two option is not going to win you any fucking ball games. Plain and simple. Oh, yeah, Beal and Booker taking nights off and doing this, that, and the other thing. Nurkic is the number two to KD is not going to do anything good for you, especially when you look at the rest of the makeup of that team. The team is very, very top heavy, and that's it. Plain and simple. Very, very top heavy. The Grayson Allen is, 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 is an offseason addition that's not bad, but Suns fans are realizing if all three aren't playing, we're kind of fucked. <laughs> so so that's that's why they're that far. The biggest, the biggest thing for me right now now is the, the teams you list at four and five Houston Rockets won six in a row Houston Rockets mm-hmm. uh, a team that added Dylan Brooks fucking worthy enough added Dylan Brooks added Fred Van Fleet um, in the uh, in the offseason big time addition added good old Uncle Jeff Green as well championship pedigree they've added some good additions won six in a row obviously that's one of the two Nuggets losses the Rockets are playing very very good basketball and then the Oklahoma State Thunder are one of the most entertaining teams to watch in basketball right now they are they are switch your channel over to the Thunder type of TV to watch. Shea is that dude. Chet Holgrim has played very, very well thus far. He, in all honesty, he's, he's not played Rambayama. I, I, I early, early, Early season rookie of the year uh, predictions. I put Chet right now over Wemby. Obviously, it's a long season. We'll see who ends up winning that. But Chet Holmgren is all that a box cookie. So uh, this OKC team is must watch TV. Very very good team. Um, and look, the Clippers. You didn't even mention the Clippers. Three and seven. You add you add the cancer that is the locker room. James Harden. This team is this team would be I've, great in 2017. <laughs> this team I've would never be great. Seen somebody tear another like a, a person in the media i've never seen somebody tear a, a, a professional athlete down and everything that he said like sometimes sure. like the guy in new york that was yelling at the offensive lineman well they should boo his ass they should like yeah you could kind of have a point it, you don't you don't really but i'll say you do this guy everything that he said was 110 percent on the nose and probably how 85 percent of the nba perceives having to have james harden on their team like they were probably all sitting there like oh god please our gm better not get a wild hair and and think that he's going to be the one that disciplines james harden james harden is there to play the season and then as soon as the season is over he would rather be anywhere else he does not care about the postseason 
the only the only ring James Harden will ever get is the one off a of stripper's body, and I and I will stand on that shield, plain and simple. So look, the clip the Clippers are a team that, like I said, twenty seventeen Clippers, this team in twenty seventeen, be the best team in the league. It's four All Stars, two guys that have won MVPs, uh, a guy that's won uh, two Finals MVPs, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who's a top, who's who's been top two in an MVP race before. This team is not good. This team is not good at all. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, man, I. <laughs> I, I, I think Kawhi deserves better. But then again, the guy's the guy's already solidified his career. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going to get a paycheck and moving on with his life. But, man, he deserves better than dealing with this bullshit. Because if, I, if, if I'm Kawhi Leonard and I see James Harden dribbling the ball like this, he has the last five games or six games now where they lost six in a row, he's dribbling the ball on the floor like he has been. I'd be like, this is fucking stupid. I am not being a number two to this guy. I'm not being a number three guy. Hell, I'm not being a fucking number four to this guy if Ross wants to do his shit too. Like, it is ridiculous. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are great number ones. But my God, these guys, the, the, four, the four of them, Kawhi, PG, Ross, and James Harden, will never be good number twos. Number threes, good number threes, not good number fours. Because they don't complement each other at all. This is why this won't work. They don't come with each other in the slightest. Why does Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic work? Because they play off each other. Why does AG and Nicole Jokic work? Because they play off each other. There's no it's, – it's, it's hero ball. That's what these guys do. It's like, you know what? We can beat our guy off the dribble better than you can, and you'll have to throw a double team and we'll kick it out to the three and help for a win. That's exactly what – it's terrible basketball to watch. It's horrendous. And, and like I said, this team won't work. This team will not work. I, 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 I predict – I predict that this that one of those four predict uh, uh, asks for a trade by the end of the season by the, by the trade deadline, and I think it'll be coming from Kawhi Leonard because he's already he's already put up with this team uh, uh, thus already. It's funny because they traded for Russell Westbrook, right? They uh, they got they brought him in, and he doesn't finish games for them. Terrence Mann is. You're taking these minutes away from Terrence Mann. Oh wait, Jimmy, they also traded for good old buddy Bones Highland. Who doesn't get any minutes on the floor? Who hasn't yeah. touched the floor? He didn't touch the floor that that bright blue court the, uh, on Tuesday night when the Nuggets played them. He didn't even touch the court. This team is not a team. This team is a streetball team, one on one, trying to trying to be cool. That's all they are, and 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 that's what Steve Ballmer has built. Okay, so like I said I, I expect this team to be blown up. We'll see. It is weird that or not weird. It's funny. Uh, James Harden gets traded, and all of a sudden Tyrese Maxey is one of the best players in basketball in Philadelphia. I said I don't say many good things about Philadelphia, but Tyrese Maxey is playing great ball in Philly alongside Embiid, so he's been playing very very good. And Philly is better for getting rid of that bump. Is all I'm gonna say. He doesn't want to play. That's that's the big thing that I keep coming back to. In the big moments, he would rather just be somewhere else. He'd rather be at a strip club, eating wings, those kinds of things. Uh, we'll we'll keep up with the NBA season. We're we're gonna move on towards what Nico's really excited about because now he knows exactly where he's gonna be working. And we're talking about the PLL. They did announce their host city. So we'll go through the list first, and then Nico will get your thoughts on the Redwoods and, and where they ended up landing. We have the Utah Archers. Philadelphia Water Dogs. It's all Utah. You have a you have you have a world champion. <laughs> Utah, stand up. You have a world champion. <laughs> Utah, Utah, Utah. Mormons unite. Philadelphia Water Dogs. Uh, runner up. Makes the sense. Reigning Michael runner up. Yeah, Michael Sowers is a big Philadelphia. It makes sense. New York Atlas. That was probably one of the biggest surprises. The Atlas, a guy, a team that has a bunch of DU guys, and a team that Atlas, big bulge. You think of Texas, but. 
good for them. Do you think New York Stock Exchange, the Bull? Um, I think that's going to be a very, very tame team. Very, very good team, top to bottom. They just got to put their put the right together. Good for them. Good New York team. No real team in the Southwest. That's that's where I'm. A or bit the Midwest. Well, I no mean, they're going to the count. They're going to count Colorado and Utah as the Midwest. It's not. It's. It, I know. I know. I know. You and I know that. But we that's they're sitting in the East Coast right now, thinking, "Oh yeah, it's Colorado, all right there in the middle." Right so there, Colorado yes. and Utah will be the the Midwest teams. Uh, Denver, or excuse me, Maryland gets the Whip Snakes. So it's makes the sense. Maryland Whip Snakes. There's there's about 10, 11 guys on once a University of Maryland on that team, and it makes sense that Bal- the Baltimore has that team. So um, they they changed their color scheme around, so no more teal green. They're they're now mm-hmm. the colors of the. Uh, uh, Maryland flag, that that hideous checkered flag logo that is on every single Baltimore whatever. Come on, man. we don't need to alienate any other. We don't need to alienate yeah. the entire state of Maryland. There is yeah, I mean, no Jimmy. There is no one that loves their flag more than the state of Maryland. Okay, let's just put that out there. Crab cakes <laughs> and football. That's what Maryland does. Denver, I, I have I have a little crab cracker, whatever the hell they call it, that says yeah. Maryland loves loves their crab and loves their lacrosse. So they love the they love whatever physical sports. Okay, is all I'm gonna say. Uh, Denver Outlaws, the outlaw is this a re, rebrand? I don't remember. rebrand. So the the, the chrome the chrome are gone. Yes. Um, the chrome is no longer. So the worst team in the league last year statistically Woo! is how the Denver they had to bring outlaws. somebody in. So the Broncos and Rockies didn't feel left out. I, I look I, as as a, as a as a guy that look I'm 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 loyal to my team I'm 100 loyal to my team but I can I'm very happy that the Outlaws are back I'm very very excited that Denver gets the team back I do not know if they're going to bring back the team name and look I'm not going to sit here and act like I was the biggest Outlaws fan in the world because I never really watched the cross outside of college cross growing up um, but it's very very cool to see the Outlaws back and and look it's unfortunate that it, it, they they're inheriting the worst place. Worst team in the league, quote unquote, based off standings. Um, but all that means is one of the greatest talents in college across history, Brandon O'Neill, will be in Denver, Colorado, more than likely next year. So that's very, very exciting for them. So very, very exciting to see the Outlaws back. And like I said, um, I'm happy Denver got a team. Very, very happy Denver got a team. But it's unfortunate because uh, as we'll, as I don't know if we'll touch upon this more, but there's West and East Co- Eastern Conference now. And the West Con- Western Conference has Denver, has Utah, has Cali Redwoods, which we'll talk about here in a minute, and then has um, the Carolina Chrome. How that works in Western Conference, I don't know, but it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I it, it is it is it is uh, it is going to be a little bit of a rivalry now. But I'm excited that the Outlaws are back. Paul, Mike, I think you guys need to take my geography class because that to be fair, matter. to be fair, out of the other four teams, it is kind of the most West. Like in terms of like looking at it west, yes. But, but I sense. I work every day with humans that would see that and go, "What? I thought that was east." I was like, "Oh god, think outside of yourself for for a moment." No, I'm I figured I when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, oh, that makes more sense." That's and obviously, if it's going to be in Denver, it's got to be orange and blue. You can have a burgundy, orange like black. orange and black. But yeah. that, that's the outlaw because the like I said, the outlaws were it looks blue. I know, but it's one of the most like uh, was one of the most prestigious MLL teams outside the Canons um, and the New York Lizards as well. So the Outlaws won three championships in their history, MLL championships. Um, it's gonna it's gonna take a while probably to get back to that point. We'll see, but it's good to have the Outlaws back, and I'm very very excited. 
And they get to keep the name of the youth organization. I'm sure that the PLL, now that they have host cities, are probably going to start outreaches and and probably just I played for the Denver team. Bandits. That was that was our team. We were the affiliate for the Outlaws, but we call ourselves the Bandits, like the Junior yep. Nuggets, like the um, I don't know what the Abs is, but the, the, the whatever the the Junior teams that we were the Bandits. So it's it, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to see all the new Outlaw stuff uh, back in our home state. We did talk about the Carolina Chaos since they're the last team in the Western Conference, but uh, that that is where the Chaos ended up landing. Uh, is it, it's in North Carolina, right? Not South uh, it's Carolina. Gonna, it's, it's most of the games are going to be in Charlotte. That's it's a beautiful one of the most beautiful stadiums that that we played in all summer. So that's probably where their home game is going to be. Um, they, nice. they you can tie those two t- two states together and and have good representation both. So. Then we have the Boston Cannons. I'm saving your team for last. That one was inevitable because yeah. it's, it just makes sense. That's what they were initially. Now they just go right back to it. The Boston Cannons, um, that obviously that they have a lot of history with Paul Rabel, one of the owners and founders of the league. And that leaves us to you, the California Redwoods. It makes sense. I was thinking maybe a little bit more Seattle, but I'm assuming it's Northern California. So like Bay Area type location, or is it Southern California? Uh, we look it's just california right now i don't know where our home games will be um like i said we're still gonna be a two-way model so that means every team's gonna play every single weekend at each city we'll just play two mm-hmm. games so um there, there's rumors coming out where it could be could be so socal so it could be norcal who cares man i'm on the fucking west coast and that's all i care about west coast woods baby i love it i i look if, if we weren't denver I'm glad it was Cali because Cali is a much easier fucking flight than fucking Hartford, Connecticut is all I'm going to say. It's a much easier flight on me um, doing that. So I'm very, very happy that we're in Cali. Seattle's Seattle wouldn't have been bad, but I, I prefer Cal- the options of California is all I'm going to say than, than that cold rain winter over there in Seattle. So I'm very, very excited. The woods are, like I said, everyone's very, very thrilled. Like I said, we're one of the most popular teams in the league and it makes sense. The Hollywood boys that we're, that we're the pretty boys a little bit. And, and I like it. And, and um, it remains to be seen uh, where, where, where our home games will be. Who knows what it will be. I'm sure the PLL is still figuring all that out. And there's a lot of time to do that, obviously with, with the winter season, winter coming up. So I, I, I could not be more thrilled. And, and the logo is beautiful uh, um the the uh all the merch that, that has been put out is beautiful and i'm i'm thrilled i am i am overly thrilled and it's giving me that itch to get back with the boys and get back um the motherfuckers trying to get responses back on getting flights with those motherfuckers every damn week and and trying to try and getting their equipment all set and getting all that set so i'm i'm, I'm thrilled and i'm and i'm excited to see the boys back here in, in february because february there was announced that it's when the uh um, champ series will be so and champs in, in February we'll be representing the state of California so um, it's weird I'll be wearing California stuff <laughs> in Denver when there's a team here in Denver but I, I'm, I'm thrilled I'm, I'm super super thrilled this is a good time to tell you my allegiance has now shifted I know that I had a, a fledgling allegiance anyways <laughs> Uh, we should, we, we should, now, we're not a Philly. We're a, we're a, we're a non-Philly podcast. I'm not a, no, I'm not a, I'm not saying I'm a Philly. So I, I'm saying, I, I dropped the water dogs as soon as they dropped into Philadelphia. I'm outlaws. I'm outlaws. Uh, and I hope every time the outlaws and Redwoods play as unfortunate as it would be for you guys, I'm going to be pulling for the outlaws in that situation. Look, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, like there's last year when I was, when, when there's, when there's extra gear or whatever that 
was just gonna get thrown away or whatever. I just grabbed shit and and would do that for for friends that 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 are friends of teams or whatever, for my family or whatever. And I'm not gonna lie to you, like if there's outlaw shit fucking lying around and and some other stuff, like I'm gonna snag it because. Like, like if there's stuff that's being thrown away or wasted away or whatever, um, that's that's the good thing about being in equipment and and touching all this equipment every single day, as I was doing. So I, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm 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 thrilled. Like I said, I'm thrilled. Denver's back and and that we have a home city, home city. That's very very important. Home city, um, where we can build a repertoire and that then California specifically too. I'm very very thrilled. That the reach we can have and being the West Coast team is huge. It's huge. Absolutely huge. So we can. Like I said, there's a lot of regions we can touch in California. Um, being being that West Coast, best coast is is absolutely wonderful. I think it'll be good too for free agency and like enticing people to go. Because I mean, like you said, not going to Hartford, going to possibly either Los Angeles or the Bay Area. It's not like you're going to a bad place. And hey, if you're sad, go surf, go to the beach, exactly. go enjoy the sun. It's a good part about it, and that's the that's the unfortunate part about this is because I still hate the Lakers, every part of me, and and I hate the and I love saying no coast bias, but here I am rooting on the West Coast Woods. So. Now you're a left coast warrior. Now yeah. now we see where your true loyalties lie. Oh, I know it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but but it is what it is. And I and How I hilarious. Yeah, I'm just saying. I would have loved. I wish we could have done a live reaction, but I would have loved if they would have settled on the Philly Redwoods. Because it would have made no damn sense, anyways. There's no redwood trees no. in Philadelphia, but just the the fact that you would have to be here, sitting like, and we're gonna oh, represent the city of Philadelphia. Um, I'm hoping the boys will do well. I'm excited to get back with everybody and just to look. I cannot at wait them. to get to that beautiful state of Pennsylvania. And oh man, I would have I would have been eating my words. I cannot be more thrilled that look. I, the California is not barren, Colorado. I love living here. I, I will live here as long as I can. But Cali is a Decent second option. Not ask all the Californians that are moving here. Ask, ask, ask them. People that are making it impossible to get into the housing market. They love it here. Um, <clears throat> let's move on. And I guess we the, the one thing that we'll talk about before we get into the actual pick them, we're not going to touch on college football. Uh, the, it's basically the same conversation. These teams would be here, there if we had the 12-team playoff. I wish the 12-team playoff was this year. Uh, big news dropped last week, and it was even after. So we went live. Uh, we actually recorded our show on Thursday, and it was a little bit late recording. This happened Friday afternoon when Michigan was already on the plane going to Penn State. The Big Ten made the ruling Jim Harbaugh would be suspended for the remainder of the regular season, and he was not going to be able to coach. So all of a sudden on this plane, I mean, I'm sure they probably had a contingency plan like this could look this way and, and they may say Harbaugh can't coach. So I'm sure it wasn't like the first time it was brought up, but Shamor, Sharon Moore on the plane ride to Happy Valley was told, hey, not only are you the offensive coordinator, but you're the acting head coach right now because Harbaugh can't be on the sideline, can't be affiliated with the team. It being a stadium, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. And look, it's they got a big win. They absolutely got a big win. Penn State's a very, very good win, but they didn't throw the ball in the second half. Oh, a single time. That was a bully. That was the body blows that I've been talking about. That was just standing in the center of the ring and, and knowing that other team had nothing to give you. Yeah, it's it's it the, the mission's such a good team. And and obviously, look, they're they're fighting so damn hard because they couldn't give less than two fucks about this weekend in Michigan. Or not, not Michigan State. Who do they got? I think it's it's not a very good team. Uh Maryland. 
Maryland. Don't give two fucks about Maryland. They'll fucking steamroll over them. It's the big game on fucking two weeks from now. That's the one. That's the one that's circled. That's the one everyone cares about. That 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 is going to have massive implications that they care. It's like you know what? If you want to suspend it, suspend. They're they're all. This is what Michigan's saying. It's like fine. Just reduce it by one fucking game. That's all we care about. Reduce it by one game so that instead of a three-game suspension, it's a two-game suspension, and that he can coach Ohio State. That's because that's because right now this is affecting their playoff chances. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and act like Harbaugh can coach circles around everybody in the country, but he showed that he can out-coach Ryan Day. He has. He's shown that. And, and Ryan Day is – and two weeks from now, um, when, when those two match up, it's going to have massive effects on the playoff, who's going to win the national championship, and everything. So, Well, I mean, think about – Ryan Day's already on the hot – Ryan Day's already on the hot seat losing to Jim Harbaugh, who – Twice. However you feel about him, he's been in the Super Bowl as a head coach at, at the NFL level. He's a good coach. Ryan Day hasn't been able to sniff his jock in two seasons. And they've been – people in Columbus are mad. You don't lose to Michigan. You you have to beat Michigan. You have to beat Michigan. They don't even say that the name of the state, but you have to beat Michigan it, if you're the Ohio State head coach. And if you lose to the acting guy that's just the offensive coordinator – and if it looks anything like the last two seasons have, where Michigan is purely dominating, like thoroughly all 60 minutes, it's never even close. I would say that Ryan Day is on the possibility, yeah. as good as he's going to be, as good as he's been in the postseason situations, he's going to be possibly yeah. looking for a job. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I would 100% agree. And, and, a, and a school that could be looking at the likes of Mike Rabel as a head coach, right? Rabel might be, might be a guy that Tennessee might want to be out in Tennessee. From. I'd be out in Tennessee, and he could come over. He'd love to coach for his alma mater. There's a lot of guys that, that, that would love to eat, eat up that job is all I'm going to say. So, And Ryan Day is a guy that was kind of just gifted the reins after Urban Meyer left. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know the guys. We'll keep you around. And it's coming back to bite him in the ass, if, especially if you can't beat a Harbaugh-less Michigan in two weeks. Yeah, we're that's we're, we'll save that conversation. We'll save the hockey conversation for because everybody says hockey season doesn't start until American Thanksgiving, and obviously the game is something to talk about. It's rivalry weekend in two weekends here in college football, so we'll we'll talk more about that. I did want to just mention Harbaugh currently suspended for the remainder of the regular season. They are trying to file a, either an injunction or get the suspension reduced and it still has not been decided what this is going to mean for postseason play if he's going to be able to be on the sidelines for the conference championship and or if they make it to the college football playoff at that point nobody really knows what's going to be happening with that program it's a lot of questions that need to be answered <clears throat> let's talk about the pick we said that we'd go do better than we did the week before we did but uh nico that's three losing weekends in a row you two and three again on the week Oh man, I look. I you said, oh, we're, the Broncos are gonna fuck us again. I was like, fuck us. I'm sorry. The Broncos win. And look, look, the pick'em is fun. We we love doing the pick'em. Don't get me wrong. But in the big stretch of things, the Broncos winning a Monday Night Football helped both of us more than we know. <laughs> more than we know. <laughs> because the Broncos winning two straight games against the Bills and Chiefs, fucking, oh my God. Uh, hallelujah. The, the Lord Lord has come down and blessed us again with a halfway decent football team in the state of Colorado. We're back. And bidding the Bills at 500, Jimmy, helps your team who fucking lost this week. So, 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 keeping you in the wild card hunt. So, like it or not, 
Yeah, the pickup sucked, but you know what? Football's fucking back, baby. We're I don't know what you're talking about. Here. It sucked. I was I was over 500. I was three and two. You were two and three on the week. Yeah, the Bengals. The the Bengals ended up being the ones that fucked us in, in all reality because I told you the Texans are frisky. No, I, and I here's the thing. I, 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 I tried to say a few times. Offense rookie of the year. I said it, and people are just now realizing he's offense rookie of the year. It's not even close. He is the best I, quarterback out of this draft, and he's him. I said a few times on talking to Gridiron after the game, I said last week going into the game, I know that this was not going to be the, – the six-and-a-half number that they had for the spread in this game was stupid. It was stupid from the very beginning because the Bengals really don't blow that many teams out. They normally win close games because they just their offense is able to keep it close. And the Texans – C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback of last year's draft. And, no, that was – it's just frustrating because – Tyler Boyd, I want to be careful about this because he's never been this kind of an issue, but Tyler Boyd dropped two first downs and a touchdown. The touchdown that would have made it so C.J. Stroud, instead of just having to go 30 yards to get into field goal range, would have to go all the way down the field and put the ball into the end zone. He may still be able to do it, but I feel more confident in that situation than just having to kick a field goal to go up and, and win it. And you can't the, – the Bengals this season, I don't know what it is, but it's not like they have a bad first half and then have come out and have a stellar second half. They have just like five-minute stretches where, oh, this team, they're unstoppable. This team was never going to beat anybody. What are we doing here? Oh, this team is mediocre. And then at the end, of, oh, wow, they're good again. It's just – just give me one team. I don't need the schizophrenic Bengals. I don't need 18 different opinions. Just give me the one opinion, please. There's not there's not a team in the in the in the National Football League that plays to the level of competition more than the Cincinnati Bengals. Right? Not a not a team. You fucking cook the Bills. You cook the 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 the, uh, the 49ers. Like you beat these good teams and you fucking have a chance to, to get a good win back where you can continue your winning streak against the Texans in a week where Let's, let's let's be honest with ourselves. This is a week that you're gonna circle back if you don't make the playoffs. That you fought, that fucked you. I I uh, I, I stand. It would have been such a like, huge momentum swing. You, we have you, all divisional matchups this weekend too. If you don't, if you if if you don't make the playoffs, these two weeks could be the the, the detrimental of it. Week eight and week nine, wherever or whatever, nine ten, wherever the fuck it is. Nine these two ten. weeks could be it because if you lose to the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night, it's done. It's over. You're not making the playoffs. I will say it because what the NFC, what the AFC has done, because the AFC right now is an absolute fucking mayhem mess at the top right now. And look, you in a, in a, in a week where you lose to the Texans, the number one team in your division loses the Cleveland Browns, who just lost their quarterback to, to for the season, which they're probably better without him. Let's be honest with ourselves. Better without him. Lost beat the beat the number one team in your division this past week. That is a week where you could have gained a game on on the division. You could have gained it. You could have you could have worked your way back up to win the division. The division may be out of reach. I, I know the, this. I know this. this. I know this. Like I said, Jimmy. I, I look. I, my team's not making the playoffs. I, 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 I'm rooting for your team to, to fucking do something because right now we're looking towards basketball and hockey season every damn winter and it fucking sucks. Okay, like like, yeah. like I, it's a long shot for my team to make the playoffs and I want your team to do good. I really do because I'm that good of a friend. And but but right now, like those three games at the beginning of the year, we like you know what this team got past this. This team hasn't got past that. 
This team is not going to pass those three losses. They, they, they play to the level of their competition. And for whatever reason, they, the, turning it on and off like this is what's going to bite them in the ass. And it's going to make them make, make them sweat out week 16, week 17, where they're hoping for teams to lose. Because luckily, like I said, the Broncos beating the Bills, that hurts the Bills' playoff chances. It absolutely does. It hurts the Bills' playoff chances. Um, the the uh, Texas winning that helps their playoff chances. The Jaguars are still winning them too. Like, like all these all these teams right now, the the Steelers, the the Browns, the Ravens. I'm 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 naming off eight teams that are in the playoff picture, and unfortunately, you're sitting at six and five right now, or five and five, whatever the hell it is, six five five, five, and five, five and four right now. You're sitting there being like, "Fuck, we need to rattle off some wins now. We have to." You have to, you have to, have to, have to, because you can't afford to lose two more games. I'll say it. You can't afford. You cannot go in. Uh, you cannot go into week eighteen or week nine or whatever the hell it is week week nineteen, whatever the seventeen, whatever the fuck it is, and sit there with 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 eight losses on your record, seven or eight losses, because you will not be a playoff team like that. So you have to, have to, have to take care of business. And like I said, the schedule is not getting easier. Here's the good thing. At least they're making it very clear and obvious. Like I, I, they're not mathematically eliminated because they're technically still going to be 500 if they lose this weekend. But yeah, it's a mental kick in the dick because you're just not going to get over that hump. You, you have to give yourself grace because you still do have to play the chiefs at the end of the season. You are going to have to play the Browns and the Steelers. And those are all going to be tough games. So if you fall behind at this point and you miss out on two weeks where you could have taken advantage uh, I just the the team is over at that point, but they've done pretty well with their back against the wall the last two seasons. So it's not like I have no confidence, and I want to make sure that everybody hears this. I'm normally the pessimistic one about my team, even though they're doing better than they have in my entire life's history. I I do have some faith still. If you win Thursday, if they they normally play pretty well against Baltimore on Thursdays, on Sundays and Mondays, it's pretty pretty ugly. But Thursdays it could be something. And Lamar gave that game away to Cleveland. So we're starting with Thursday night football, Bengals, Ravens. Ravens are favored by three and a half at home. Uh, division leader, if they lose this weekend, whoever wins the Browns and Steelers game ties for first place in the AFC North at uh, seven and three. So there's there's a lot of things up in the air, but Bengals, I, I said it, I still have faith. I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm still going with the Bengals. I'm still making that pick. I haven't picked against them yet this season. I'm trying to be a good fan and stand behind my boys. Um, is that defense, a shot or is that, that sounds like a shot? So I'm going to say, no, no, I it's, it's legitimately like so far I've done this and I know that I haven't in the past. Like I've been like, Oh, I'm the mush. I need to pick against them. It's better. It's more fun to like actually and not be okay if they lose. Cause Hey, I got a game in the pick of no, I, I want them to win me the game and I want them to put my, put a win for me on the week it's the defense on both sides that I'm nervous about because the Ravens defense is incredible. They killed the the Bengals offense in that first game. The score did not indicate how close, how not close that game was. And the Bengals defense, I mean, Trey Hendrickson is practicing, but how limited is he going to be? Cause he's been banged up the last three weeks, basically in every single game. Uh, and they just weren't good last week. They, they'd been okay up, up until then at points but it was totally out of sorts, no pass rush. And Sam Hubbard not being there, Jordan, uh, shout out Jordan Maxson at the, the VSN tailgate show. He was on Talking the Gridiron, and he mentioned it too. Like He's like a top eight defender against the run, Sam Hubbard. Not many people think about that, but when he's not playing, <clears throat> the Houston Texans couldn't run the football. 
But Sam Hubbard not being in the game allowed Devin Singletary, of all people, to look like Emmett Smith. What the hell? But given all of that, I am still going with the Bengals. I, I, I look, they, they bit my ass too much. And, and I said, uh, I need to get games up. I'm going to go Ravens here. I look, the, 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 the Browns defense is so far ahead of the Bengals defense right now, especially without Hubbard and Hedrickson healthy, that that's the difference. That's the difference, in my opinion, is Lamar is not going to have as bad, big of a pass rush. We have to deal with Miles Garrett constantly. If Hendrickson's healthy and Hubbard's healthy, it's going to help them. But this defense on the back end is not as talented. Is its linebacking core is decent, but it's it's still I, this this Browns defense is so is so much so much better. No, I'm back they're better than the Ravens. <clears throat> I know I'm saying Browns defense. That's this is this this is where I'm comparing it to, and, and that's why I think the Ravens offense will be will fare better offensively as opposed to last week where the Browns have the top three defense in football. So give me the Ravens. Speaking of that top three defense in football, the Browns are the next matchup because we're primetime show. We're prime time this week, baby. I'm Thursday night. You're Sunday night football. So we had to throw in an extra game there to get to five. And I picked the Browns and Steelers because, like I mentioned, whoever wins this game, if Baltimore loses, gets a tie for first place in the AFC North, which with the seasons these two teams have been having so far would be a total shock. I mean, the Pitts, the, the Steelers fans always expect that the Steelers are going to do good because the Steelers are the perfect football team and nobody ever – there's been – 53 Super Bowls and the Steelers have been Super Bowl champions in every single one of them. I don't know if you saw that sketch this weekend from Saturday Night Live where it's the two wacko Jets fans. They never happened. No, the Jets have been Super Bowl champions 46 years in a row. That that's the Steelers fan. You, you can same, you can say, you, see 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 all this is fun and games until you realize they haven't had a losing seasons under two uh, regimes of head coaches, which has spanned for thirty years. So that's so so yeah. Look, they they're not good at winning big time I'm big fun playoff of the games. Fans, not the team. I'm just just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm gonna go Steelers because I'm not trusting PJ fucking Walker playing simple or or I think it's PJ Walker. I'm not even sure who the it's not Dorian not. Not Dorian Finney-Smith. What Dorian Thompson? Whatever. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Whatever the hell it is. I I, the the Steelers D line is going to eat this team up. I think. And I and look, this is going. This is a game where if the unders anything over forty, you hammer the under. Is all I'm going to say. Because these two offenses are not going to fucking put up points. This is going to be a sixteen to thirteen ball game. And 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 I like the Steelers winning a gritty game. I'm taking a dog pound defense. Miles Garrett's going to dunk his nuts in Kenny Pickett's face after he sacks him for the eighth time that, that day on Sunday. I'm going with Cleveland. I would rather them have uh, – There's, a, there's for, a good chance T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett like combine for 10 sacks on Sunday. <laughs> Let's keep – Quarterbacks on. beware. Quarterbacks beware on both sides. Cam Hayward's back for Pittsburgh's defense too. He makes a big difference uh, because he, he takes attention away from T.J. Watt. So there's a lot working against them, but I – I despise, I despise everything. Absolutely. There's no, no better word than hate for how I feel about Pittsburgh and their fans and just the team over. It, it grinds my gears that they've been that good, that they've had three amazing head coaches. Cause I had to deal with Marvin Lewis for 18 years and they get Bill Cower, Chuck Knoll and goddamn Mike Tomlin. And I'm pissed. All right. Before I lose my, lose my shit entirely Raiders Dolphins that's our another game that we're picking up here Dolphins are favored by 13 and a half but the Raiders get that interim coach bump two and oh in the last two weeks it was ugly to say the least but I will tell you 
Vegas did get me that game back. Now it's a two game lead instead of what was a five game lead. So I'll, I'll give them their props when it's due. Um, I don't think that we're going to be different on this one because there's no way I'm picking the Raiders. If, if we know anything this year, the Dolphins will kill bad teams when they play them and probably make it pretty ugly. They're going to see if they can touch that 70 mark again like they did against Denver. They are a great team against bad football teams. They are a terrible team against good football teams. I don't care if Antonio Pierce has that team believing themselves. They're not fucking going into Miami and winning. Plain and simple. I, I would be very, very surprised if they do. So give me the Dolphins and, and look. Good for the Raiders. They have belief back, but you still have Aiden fucking O'Connell on quarterback. God damn, I'm not fucking picking O'Connell and, and whoever the fuck the offensive coordinator is to put up points against the damn Dolphins, okay? And how uh, to, to match how, how many points the Dolphins um, coming off a of bye week. Let's not forget, come, Dolphins coming off a of bye week where they get Devonta Chain back, Tyreek Hill healthy, Tua healthy, uh, um, Jalen Waddle healthy finally. Yeah, no, give me the give me the Dolphins. I would almost say give me the points too, but I'm not going to. Um, but I will be taking have a lot in the today. NFL. As oh, two, so much. Two touchdowns is, is quite a bit. Uh, Vikings, Broncos, Sunday Night Gosh. Football. God Lord, why, why did you give us a fucking minus two and a half for the Broncos? Why did why? Has I think it's the first time all season good. they've been favored. No, I think we were favored. Uh, oh, no, you were favored Washington. a couple uh, in the first two weeks Washington. of the season. Yeah, there was Washington. Yeah. I think we were favored against the Raiders, too. Washington and Raiders. Uh, uh, how'd that yeah. work out? Oh, those those are the two games where that, that, that if, we, if we won those two ball games, we'd be sitting pretty good in the You'd playoffs tied, right now. Tied with us we, right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be right now. Yeah, that two game difference is the difference between four and five and fucking six and four. So, or six, six, six and three, excuse me, six and three. So I, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive difference. So uh, yeah, it's, it sucks that those two losses, but um, look, I, I've sat on the show for, for now in the eight straight weeks, nine straight weeks and, and have uh, just fed it into my brain that I'm just going to pick against this team every single week. And, and, it, and, it, and it's bit me in the ass to pick them. It absolutely has, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I was not absolutely thrilled to win that ball game. And I not, it was not, look, I, I, I have not yelled at my TV like that at a Broncos game in probably seven years. I, I, I kid you not, Jimmy. I, I did not physically yell, throw my hat at the TV when Will Lutz for, missed that first game winning field goal. I lost my fucking mind. I really did. Because I had belief. I had fucking belief. I, 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 it is take, it, and I say seven years because the year after the Super Bowl, I thought we were going to fucking at least make the playoffs. And it didn't happen, okay? And, that's, and I had some belief. There is there's belief in this team. Because Sean Payton has fucking fixed Russell Wilson, okay? He has fixed Russell Wilson. And my God, he has coached circles around the last couple teams he's played. Coached circles around LaFleur to beat the Packers. Coached circles around McDermott. He got fucking Ken Dorsey fired in Buffalo. Like, the the Broncos are a three-game winning streak, Jimmy. If you told me before the season started that the Broncos would win three games in a row and to pick where it'd be, it would not be these fucking three weeks. I'll tell you what. It would not be these three weeks. I'm like, oh, you know what? We may beat the Chiefs. We may beat the Bills, but we'll lose the Chiefs. Oh, you know, we'll maybe beat the Bills, but we'll be- we won't lose and beat the Chiefs. No, I would have fucking never picked that in my wildest dream. <laughs> never. Yeah, it, is, it is the wrong part of the schedule. Here's yeah, the thing, look- though. 
and the schedule gets a lot easier. Don't get me wrong. The Vikings are a very, very good football team right now. They're one yes. of the hottest football teams in the country. There is zero doubt about that. Josh Dobbs has those boys playing good football. Very, very good football. And look, this is a team without Justin Jefferson still. So they're 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 waiting to get their number one receiver back. Um, but man, I, I could not be more thrilled with what Sean Payton and the trajectory this team has. I don't think we're making a playoffs. Let's, let's keep this very, very clear, okay? This is a man speaking that, that does not think his team will make the playoffs. But I have a belief that we can go 8-9, 9-8. Nine, nine, I have a belief that, 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 that that's a real possibility with your schedule. Real possibility. Let's, like, this is the guy who wanted this team to fucking take Caleb Williams and Drake May. Russell Wilson, and look, he, Russell Wilson is not doing much. But when you throw five incompletions for a full fucking football game, you're not going to lose many games. And yeah, the offense is very one-dimensional with the running game. What, what if we – you're, you're listening to a podcast with a fucking center and a fullback who love to do what thing? What, Jimmy? We love to run the damn ball. And running the damn ball wins you football games, and I fucking love it, okay? I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm taking the Broncos, and I'm fucking right back on the fucking train, baby. I look, call me a fair weather fan. I don't care, okay? I look. I don't care. I may have picked against the team every single week to lose every single week, but I still wear my Broncos hat. Still cheer this team on to win every single week because you know what? I'm still fucking here. And, and man, I love what Sean Payton has done, and Russell Wilson has figured it out and getting the running game back to where it was. This defense. This defense is very, very far away from giving up 70 points. You hold the Kansas City Chiefs to under 20 points twice in three weeks. You force four turnovers on the Buffalo Bills. Yes, Josh Allen's a turnover machine. But you force four turnovers on the Buffalo Bills. Vance Joseph, dare I say it, don't bite me. Lord, please don't bite me in the ass. Vance Joseph has figured out how to coach this defense. And this defense looks so much more improved these last three weeks. A defense that gave up 70 points is now averaging 16 points per game on the opposite side of the football, where you faced the Chiefs twice, the Bills, and the Packers. And look, the Packers aren't good to the other teams. But those four-week span, a four-week span, you're holding your opponents to under 16 points per game. That's fucking incredible. That's 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 what you want. That's what you want to see as a Broncos fan. So give me the Broncos. And look, do I believe that this team can make playoffs? Like I said, no. But man, it'd be very very cool, very very sick to fucking be five hundred after one and five and thinking that that the world's gonna end. So give me the Broncos on Sunday night at home. Look, that stadium. There's a belief in that stadium. There will be. Just I was at the game Tuesday night where the Nuggets beat the Clippers in the playing tournament. Justin Simmons got a fucking standing ovation. Justin Simmons got a standing ovation. Three yeah, weeks ago. Good. Three weeks ago. Oh, by the way, Jimmy, 30 interceptions since 2016. Justin Simmons, best safety in the fucking league. Top two safety in the league. 30, 30 pit. No one in National Football League has more interceptions since coming in, since Justin Simmons walked into the NFL and since 2016 than Justin Simmons. That is that is a top safety in football, and you can anyone can come at me about that because he is. And you have a Almost top. Makes a question why they didn't want to pay him. I, look, I know I'm I'm aware of the idiocy of this team, Jimmy. I'm aware of the idiocy. I'm very aware. I feel and attacked look, after you talked about the Bengals, so I'm just gonna I'm sit here and I'm gonna poke holes in, in your I'm argument. I'm very aware of the idiocy of this team, Jimmy. I know they're idiots, and I know everything that's gone bad in the last eight years is is but uh, what has happened. But I cannot sit here and and not and not. 
think that I have a positive attitude now. Because I do. Because I do. That's all I care about. I went into that, that Monday night game against the Bills and be like, you know what? I believe. I believe. If you're a Denver fan, you got to believe, right? Like, like, like cut, cut the fucking negative bullshit in the city of Denver, okay? Like, you have to give this team your fucking kudos last three weeks. Special, or last four weeks because of the bye week. Last four weeks. You have to give this team those kudos because of who they've beaten and the performances they've put on. Because, man, it is, it, like I said, it, it is something to rely on and, 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 and back on. And I expect Sunday night that Mile High Stadium be rocking bigger and better than anything we've seen in the last five, six, seven years. I will, I'm only saying six years because the opening night uh, uh, game after winning the Super Bowl was, was absolutely electric. So it's it's going to be that stadium's going to feel like it's back and Sunday Night Football being back. I'm very very excited, and like I said, this is two very very hot football teams, two hot football teams, and the Vikings are are, are right now with Josh Jobs believing themselves more than anyone in the league. So so it, say, it's going as, to be a very as good much game. as you want Ted Lasso to be the coach of the Broncos right now and, and like talking Broncos country through. You know who already does believe and has the sign taped up above his office door is Kevin O'Connell and Josh Jobs. And they're just yep. making shit happen. They're yep, just absolutely. going out there and figuring it out as we go. And, and there's been a couple. It's been cool because I obviously I'm I'm saying this because I also want brownie points, so I'm picking the Vikings. Um, but I do like Kevin O'Connell. He's a, he's a, he's a cooler he's young head coach. He lets access to a lot of different things. And they were filming him on the sideline. It was one of those scrambles where Josh Dobbs like shook for four tacklers off somehow and, and made it into the end zone. He just looked around like death, dead speechless. Like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll put that one in that the playbook that. for next week. I have a but, guy that does this. It, it's, and look, it is two different styles of, of quarterback that Kirk Cousins and Josh Jobs are. There is a movement. There is a, there is a, there's, there's, there's the, the rollout option. And look, Kirk Cousins, don't get me wrong. He's not like a stable quarterback. He's not like a guy that just stands there. He moves a little bit, but he does not move to the extent of Josh Jobs. And, and getting two weeks now under his belt with this team, it's only going to get them better. He, mm-hmm. He's going to get familiar. I think if they had Justin Jefferson back, the team would be even so much better than they are. Like I said, they have Jeffrey Jefferson with, with Dobbs and to add with Jordan Aston, who's been one of the best offensive receivers, this uh, rookie receivers this year, easily. Um, they have very, very good talent across the board. And Hawkinson's a top tight end in football. There's zero doubt about that. His defense still worries me, but like I said, if the Vikings were playing anyone else in the Broncos this week, I probably would have picked them to beat any other team. Like, like you give me a pick of, of every team that we picked this week, uh, there's a good chance that I think that the Vikings either cover or beat them. And that's how much b- belief I have in them. But I think my team right now – and look, it, it may come back to bite me in the ass. If it does, I'll pick against the Broncos every single week going forward because I'm a man of my word, and apparently I'm not this week. So uh, I'm going against it. But, yeah, I'll stick with my boys. Last game, the Kelty Bowl rematch of the Super Bowl. Basically, the the worst Sorry. thing in the world for you, city of Philadelphia versus Kansas City. This is um, this is going to be un unfucking fathomable TV to watch. Is all I'm going to say. Okay, I, I Troy hope, Aikman I, and and Joe Buck are not going to be speaking about football very much because oh Taylor Swift gets a two week break in her touring and she's already claimed <laughs> it was. I got it because you're on TikTok too. I wish I would have sent it to you, but I saw the video you see from Elf because we talked about Christmas movies. It's Travis Kelsey returning to the Chiefs locker room. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. That was 
I mean, far for anybody to judge what's going on in somebody's personal life, but the way that these videos are coming out, and it's really, it's not even those two. I don't think those two are the ones that are pushing this narrative that everybody talks about it. It's the legions of Swifties that are making their lives miserable. Oh the Swifties don't understand. The Swifties don't understand the impact that they have. They're the one. They're the reason why she continues to have these failed relationships because they. Oh, but just, yeah, look at this. Look at this. I got Taylor. Taylor can't have nice things. Taylor has nice things. She won't make good music. Taylor needs to make good music. I need good music. Oh, Jimmy, you better be careful with your words. You may have picked the Vikings, but your girlfriend is a Swifty. I, I look. I, know, I, 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 know. I, I look. Look. The, pro, the 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 worst part about this game is like. There's very, very few things us men have. Okay. Let's let's not let's not there's very, very few things. Don't you take we, my football away from me. Don't you fucking dare take my football away from me, okay? I, I don't fucking need this I look I, I, I can think about grown men fucking run, shoving the football down the fucking other man's throat and being like, I'm better than you. If you're taking that away and fucking give me Taylor Swift and just fucking Travis Kelsey, shove down my throat for three hours, I'm finding something else to watch. Okay, I, I, like oh my God, <laughs> don't hurt him. If, if you're watching the game this week and she goes, so when, when is Trevor Kelsey going to get like his interview? You just gotta like, just walk out. If it's your house, even still, just put your shoes on, grab your car keys. Walk I, I, out. There's a good chance I put the game on fucking mute. And, 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 and I think the Nuggets play Monday night and I'll probably listen to that and put that game on TV. And the minute they show Taylor Swift on the fucking broadcast, I change to fucking, uh, 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 Something else, or uh, I don't know. I fuck. I, I don't know. I probably still watch football because I love football. There's not many things I was mess fan men have, but my God, thank God Collinsworth isn't on this damn on this damn call because I think mm. it'd be even worse. Um, I don't know if you saw the memes because uh, the, the Collinsworth memes about Mahomes is fucking underpants. My God, I fucking was dying because I don't know if you saw this Monday Night Football. The Manning cast Mahomes is on the Manning cast. Um, I did not watch the Manning cast on Monday night, but I did. But I did see see these videos. Mahomes apparently wears the same pair of red underwear every single football game he plays. Same pair of red underwear for every game. Apparently, that's that's what was told. What was Why told. do we know this? Yep. And and the first meme I see is the white chicks meme. Where the two guys goes in, go into the men's, uh, the those look. You don't know what I'm talking about. The white sniffing chicks panties. The white sniffing the, the chicks panties and licking it, and it's actually a dude. Dudes, dude, they're like guys, say, aren't dude, they? They're, they're dude. They're guys, aren't they? And 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 this is Collinsworth sniffing Mahomes' fucking red underwear, and I could not stop dying laughing. Okay, so thank God I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to deal with Collinsworth on the call. Um, and look, Aikman and Buck are pretty good about sticking to football. Look, luckily, they're pretty decent about it. Uh, but yeah, there's but a have good you seen chance. That video of the compilation of Aikman's like calls that sound that. weirdly sexual. It's almost like he's doing it on purpose. Because then, as I'm listening to this last one, like listening to the Broncos game, he said something. Oh, you guys just gotta reach in there and pull that out real quick. I'm like. Oh. <laughs> There's a good chance that the Manny cast is on Monday night. I'm putting it on. Okay, is all I'm gonna say is is I trust Eli and Peyton not to fucking dick stroke Taylor Swift all fucking night more than anyone else. Okay, please Peyton, give me hope. Please give me hope that we still have football in our lives that isn't fucking infested with with Swifties. Give me something to keep, please. Peyton and Eli are slowly backing out of the room with their shake it off costumes, being like, okay. We hear everybody. We're not going to do the Shake It Off skit. We're not going to recreate the music video. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's definitely not part of our plan. 
let's talk about the actual football being played because this is a rematch of the Super Bowl and it's a possible rematch that we may get in the Super Bowl because the Eagles, uh, I believe they're still number one team record-wise in the entire NFL and the Chiefs have only lost two games and, and look to be their defense is really, really good. They're coming off a loss. Okay, coming off off a loss. loss. Their defense. Everyone that one more time. Their defense this year is better than it has. This is the best defense they've had since they lost to New England in the AFC Championship. That was when they had Frank Clark and Chris Jones. They're they're winning games in a different way, and you have to think at some point the offense is going to click. And when that offense clicks and the defense doesn't fall off, and Spagnolo gets those guys going. The Chiefs are still a very scary team. Like I, I mentioned it, Bengals will have to play them, um, but the Eagles are a machine. Like that's that matchup between Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata, Russell Dick, Landon Dickerson. I almost said Russell Dickerson. Apparently, I need to listen to some country music. I don't, I don't know. Landon Dickerson, um, Jason Kelsey. Those guys are going to have a hell of a task trying to block Chris Jones and, and those guys that the Chiefs have up front. But there's no better offensive line unit. On or off the field, because guess what just dropped today? The Christmas album part two. I mean, a hot hot take. Like, I I don't want to fucking hear Christmas music until Black Friday. Okay, fuck out of here with this bullshit. Yeah, it's, but they're raising. Really, it, I like it because they're raising money for charity. That's that's that's, that's what that's, I like about it. And it's you, cool. You, Jordan, you, my you, I got to sing a duet with Patty Labelle. You, you you got me back with that is all I'm gonna say. I'm not look you you know me better than this. I'm not fucking picking the Chiefs. I'm just not. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I think they get the rematch back. I God, I would love nothing more than the fucking push push just to be shoved down my throat more than, than Taylor Swift. I I, I I I cannot believe I said that just said that, but I would love to hear more about the tush push than I do want about hear about Taylor and Travis Kelsey. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And 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 the city of brotherly love that I've talked so much shit about. It's weird, weirdly enough, this this podcast, I've said a lot of good things about the city of Philadelphia, okay? I said Tyrus Maxey is the next stud. I, I said the water dogs fit perfectly in Philadelphia. I'm picking the Eagles. What is going on, Jimmy? The Broncos win, and all of a sudden, I'm a new man. What is going on? I'm picking Philly. I'm not picking the Chiefs, but I – oh, man, I – Oh, please, Lord, please just let me have my football. Don't, don't, don't shove this down my throat. I, it's all I want. Like, I don't care if you shove down their podcast down my throat because I don't mind it. But don't shove Taylor Swift down my fucking throat, please. Don't. I, I look. I, you gotta show her a couple times. I get it because there's gonna be a massive woman fan base watching that, watching the game for no fucking reason. But please, please let me watch my football and keep it, keep it football. Please, please, I'm begging you, please. I'm picking the Chiefs. I, the, the, I expect the Chiefs else. at home. The Chiefs at home. The the Travis Kelsey love bump. Um, we definitely on one game this week. Pause. Pause. We, de- no, we definitely. We de- we differ on every every game but one this week. Yes. No. This is going to be moving day. We're It's either going to stay exactly the same or there's going to be huge, huge movement one way or the other. Recap the picks for everybody. Thursday night football. I picked the Bengals. Nico picked the Ravens. Browns Steelers. I went with Cleveland. Nico went with Pittsburgh. Uh, we both went with Miami over Las Vegas. And then I have the Vikings and the Chiefs. Nico has the Broncos and the Eagles to round out primetime football this week. So uh hopefully if you're invested in the the pick them, you get you're able to watch these games and you'll be watching the Vikings win, the Browns win, the Chiefs win. You'll be like, Yeah, fuck yeah, Jimmy got the games back. He got the games back from the stupid trivia 
over the, over the summer. No longer has to worry about his lack of knowledge costing him football games anymore. Hey, if uh, we did George, if we did George Strait fucking trivia, obviously I I we just fucked up and did not have a music category all summer until the last mm-hmm. the last last day. But you would have killed me because the how quickly you got the George Strait song is still beyond me. So so I so I make it to Cheyenne beaches of Cheyenne Amarillo by morning. Um, yeah, no, I, I, 90s, early 2000s country music is, it was Garth Brooks, by the way. That's, Brooks, that's yeah, the yeah. one that it was. If tomorrow never come, this is what should have gave it away. I'll, I'll put this out since we're coming up on the end of the show. If you're not watching on YouTube, go watch on YouTube. I bought the anthology of this when it came out and it came with a book that I've read a few times that's cover cool. to cover. That's pretty cool. Oh, I hit. Yeah, I, I went to one of his concerts in the womb, so he's he's my guy, my guy through and through. Uh, that's uh, gonna bring us to the end of the show. I'll, I'll, I'll pretty- say one more thing. There's one more little bit of uh, sports news, non football, non basketball, non hockey. Um, actually, two things. One, the the Rugby World Cup happened two weeks ago, and I, I I'm sorry I didn't say anything, but uh, my Spring Bucks, and yes, I'll say my Spring Bucks because two of my fucking brothers played for the fucking Spring Bucks fucking youth team. Um, the Spring Bucks won the Rugby World Cup, beat New Zealand. Uh, I, lo- I loved every second of that. Watched it. Family was very very excited. Um, and second thing, the biggest sporting event in North America is happening this week. One of the biggest sporting events of the year is happening this week, Jimmy. You know what it is? Formula no One is in Las Vegas, baby. Formula One is in Las Vegas. And look, Saturday night is going – I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. The, the sprint is over. Look, the sprint is over. It's absolutely over. Max Verstappen has won every single race, basically, outside of like two or three. But I'm going to watch it. I'm very, very thrilled to, to, to be able to throw it on and see what see what Vegas is what, – what type of show Vegas is going to put on for, for Formula One. I, I love the Netflix show, Drive to Survive, and I watched the little um, fucking golf thing that they did on Tuesday with the Formula One drivers and the full swing guys. So I'm going to be thrilled. I'm excited to watch it on Saturday night. Um, I was going to try to find tickets, but then I realized it's a fucking $500 ticket to fucking sit where you can't even see the racetrack. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to watch it on TV. I think I'll pass yeah. on that one. <laughs> Instead of, so of spending a couple. Vegas, so. Exactly. Spend a couple grand in Vegas. I think I'll pass on that this year. Maybe hopefully it gets cheaper next year. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled about that. And, and I'm excited to watch it. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I, if you're a Netflix binger like myself, Binge uh, Drive to Survive. You can do that in two nights, and, and you'll be ready for ready for uh, Saturday's race. So I'm excited. It should be fun. It should be a show. So I'm excited. Last thing before I, I put all the socials out and, and go through our end of the show, be sure to check out Top of the Mountain from this point on. First week of the playoffs, we have in the RMAC, Colorado School of Mines, number one overall seed in the entire NCAA Division II football. They have the one seed and the bye this weekend. Western Colorado, for the second time that I've been a host of a podcast that's talked about the RMAC is now hosting a playoff game. They're actually opening up their new Mountaineer Bowl. It just got renovated. The first game in two seasons that they've been playing in the actual stadium, and it's going to be against Central Washington to see if they're able to move on to the second round of the playoffs. Here's the thing. Since 1998. Jeez. First time since 98 wow. that they'd make it to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, and if they win two games, they get a rematch against Colorado Mines. So uh, be, I'm be, excited. RMAC football, top of the mountain. Me and Rev are, we're ready to get things rolling here. 
So check that out tomorrow. It'll be, or not tomorrow, Friday. Tomorrow, as you're listening to this, Friday live. And uh, be sure, keep up with Talking the Gridiron, all that good stuff. Follow at FEOTB Pod. Let us know what you think. We've had a few good comments come in on the YouTube channel so far the last few weeks, but make sure you're leaving five-star ratings, reviews, like, comment, tell your sports friends about us that you'd like enjoying listening to the show and uh, keep on trucking. Keep being the awesome bench warmers that you guys are. We really appreciate all the support so far uh, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, episode 160 of the far end of the bench podcast in the books. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Mm-hmm.